<laughs> There's Mr. Maddox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that watch, buddy. I was sitting down there with Noah, and he leaned over and he said, Preacher, how old are you? And I said, 74, and he went, Whew. We used to be buddies. Love the singing here. Um, I don't mean to mention any singer above the others. We love all of you. Y'all do a great job. But I've known Hazel a long time, long time before uh, she's been over here. Used to preach meetings for Brother Doug years ago, and watched Hazel a lot. Her and her husband as well, and all the things they've gone through. And when she sings a song like that. It registers with me because I know it's from her heart. It's not just rhetoric. It's she knows the medley as well as the lyrics. Second Peter chapter three, if you will, please. Second Peter chapter three. Boy, I tell you, uh, in one way or another, uh, the New Year's just like any other day. Uh, good news, bad news. I was uh, talking with my heat and air fellow last week. And he said, uh, Ron, I've got some bad news for you. He said, your heat and air unit is fried. He said, it's gone. And he said, I crawled up out of the house and uh, all the vent work, it's uh, kind of deteriorated and got holes in it. And he said, all that's got to come out. And he gave me the price and now I need therapy. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm thinking about getting one of those emotional support animals. Mine will be a chicken. A four-piece with a biscuit. That's right. Now that came out of my joke book, not his. <laughs> it's going to be a good year, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a good year. Good times, bad times, let them come. Our Lord is faithful. Let's stand, please, look at the verse together. Second Peter 3, verse 8. Second Peter 3, verse 8. This is a verse that some of you may have wondered, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, we're going to look at that today. 2 Peter 3, 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. How God works in time. Let's talk about that a little. Pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for the joy of being here. What a blessing. You've cared for us, met every need in 2022. I know you will not fail this new year. I'm very confident of that. I pray for everyone standing before me that you would comfort them, encourage them, and meet their needs individually only as you can. Holy Spirit, be our preacher. Share with us wonderful words of life. And dear Lord, I'll praise you for all you do. For ask it in your name and with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you and be seated. Time. We're governed by time. In one respect, we're enslaved by time. Have you ever thought of this? Time is what keeps you from your loved ones in heaven. Time enslaves us. You cannot manipulate time. Nobody in here can manipulate time. It doesn't matter who you are. 
what your background is, how much money you have, how much influence you have, doesn't make any difference. You cannot manipulate time. You cannot slow it down. You cannot speed it up. You cannot stop it. You cannot restart it. The clock is running on your life. The most foolish thing anybody in here could do is waste time. Don't waste time. The clock is running. God has given you an allotted amount of years. You don't know how much that is. I don't either. I know I'm 74, and somebody says, Preacher, that's just a number. Well, I'm going to get it unlisted. It's getting too big. But it's just, you know, God's given us time. And don't waste it. It's too precious. You cannot get back wasted time. When it's gone, it's gone. So use the time. Now we're create we're creatures of time, but God is not. God is eternal. God created time. God set the clock running, and according to the book of Revelation, He'll say, "In one day, time shall be no more, and then it will be eternity. There will be no more time." That means there'll be no more separation, no more unhappiness, no more brokenness, no more tears, because that's all associated with time. But there will be no more time. It will be one eternal day in the glory. Does that sound good to you? If it does, say amen. amen. I love the sound of that. But God's eternal. But he works in time, Karen, on our behalf. God works in time on our behalf. For instance, in creation, we're told in Genesis 1-5, God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And evening and morning were the first day. Evening and morning, that's a division in time. God started time over 6,000 years ago. Time has been running for over 6,000 years. What about when it came time for God to send his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to become one of us, yet without sin? We're told in Galatians 4, 4, and when the fullness of what time was come, God sent forth his son. God works in time. So, how does He work in time? First of all, God is patient in time with our sins and failures. Oh, thank God for that. God is patient in time with our sins and our failures. What if God became impatient with you? Everyone in here has sins and failures. We shouldn't do it. We know better, but do it in spite of ourselves. We ask for forgiveness, and the blood of Christ always avails for us, and we're cleansed by His precious blood. You cannot lose your salvation, but you sure can't lose your fellowship with the Lord because of sin and failure, things between you and the Lord. But aren't you glad that God does not become impatient with you? I think of me, not you, me. If I'd have been God, I would have given up on me a long time ago. But I'm glad God is patient in time with our sins. Listen to Ezra 9, 13. Our God hath dealt with us less than our iniquities deserve. Aren't you glad for that? The biggest fool in town is the person who says, well, I'll just stand before God and get what's coming to me. That's a fool. Nobody wants what they deserve if they actually understand how grievous their sins and failures actually are. You do not want what you deserve. 
You better thank God He works in time and He's patient with you. He doesn't give up on you and He doesn't punish you nearly as much as you ought to be punished. Amen. He doesn't. Years ago, when Kelton was a little boy, <clears throat> he'd get in a lot of trouble. He was a stinker. And uh, his mother, my wife, said, you need to get back there. You need to go back there and wear him out. And she said, he deserves a whip, a good one. So I'd go back there, and he was the last one. He was the baby of the family, and I spoiled him rotten. That's why he's the way he is today. Nobody can do anything with him. But anyway, uh, I'd take him back there, Poppy, and I'd, uh, I'd get that paddle out, but I'd get a pillow, and I'd put it between his backside and the paddle. And I'd say, you better earn an Academy Award for this act because your mother's listening. Man, I'd ran back and I'd pop that thing and he'd yell out, Oh, yeah, you're killing me, you're killing me. But it wasn't really giving him nearly as much as he deserved. I put a padding between him and the paddle. Aren't you glad God puts a padding between Amen. you and the paddle? Amen. Because you couldn't handle what you deserved. You're a rascal and so am I. If we got what we deserved, we couldn't stand up to it. But God is patient with us in time and He doesn't give up on us. I'm so glad for that. Oh my. Listen to this. Psalm 130 verse 3. If thou, Lord, should mark iniquities, who could stand? He works with us patiently, lovingly, in time. And He doesn't give up on us. He sees what's wrong with us. He sees our potential. He knows what we ought to become, and yet we haven't become that yet, but He doesn't give up on us. He keeps on working with us in time. And therefore, we ought to be patient with one another. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Support the weak. Be patient. The average pastor in America... They're staying at church. The average pastor across the board, the average stay of a pastor in America is three years. You can't even learn everybody's name in three years. Impatience. You can't be that way with people. You have to be patient with people just as God is patient with you, right? God doesn't give up on you. You don't give up on people. I'm a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. I'm a pastor. I love investing in people, investing in people. Week after week and watching them respond and watching them grow, watching them get stronger and move out of spiritual anemia and become a mature, strong, adult Christian. I love to see that. Now, not every pastor sees that in every church member, of course. Some of you may never respond to that. I hope that's not true. Some of you may never go on and mature and grow and develop in what you ought to be for the glory of God, but I must never lose patience with you. You know why? Because God has not lost patience with me. I'm not so hot either. You know, I hope you can see in me, at least see this in me, Roger. I hope you can see in me, and you've seen this in the first six years you've been together. I hope you can see in me that I'm growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. I hope you can see me developing and maturing as a pastor more and more like the Lord Jesus. I hope you see that in me. I want that. I must have that. Not to impress you, but because I want to be closer to my Lord and be what He wants me to be. Now, if you don't respond properly... 
If you don't listen to the Word of God and take it in and say, I love this book. I want to get right with God. I want to adjust my life. I want to be everything I ought to be for the glory of God. If you don't do that, I must not lose patience with you. I must not. I'll look at you like I look at everybody else. I may see a maturity in some of you. That's not judgmental. That's out of love, wanting you to go on to maturity. But I'll treat you exactly as I treat everybody else. I'll love you exactly as I love everybody else. And you'll never know I know it. You'll never know I see it. And you know why? Because that's the way my dear Lord treats me. He treats me with kindness and patience and love. And he says, Ron... You ought to be a little bit farther down the road than what you are. After all, you're 74 years old. I mean, you ought to be a little bit more spiritually mature. You ought to be a little bit more about the Bible than what you know. You ought to be a little bit more loving and patient than what you are. But I'm going to keep working with you, and that's my attitude toward you because that's God's attitude toward me. God is patient with us. Aren't you glad? He doesn't give up on us. Bless His holy name. There's a second thing about how God works in time. If you'd like to know what it is, say amen. amen. God's promises will be fulfilled in time. This brings us to this verse. This verse right here, 2 Peter 3, 8. What does that mean? A day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. Have you ever wondered about that? Have you ever wondered what that means? We're going to look at that just for a moment. 2 Peter 3, 9, a few verses beyond that. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. Now here's the context. Back in verse 4, these scoffers say, well, where's the coming of the Lord? I've heard about it all these years and all things continue as they were. Where is He? Why hasn't He come? People get disillusioned with the return of the Lord and this is very important. I want you to get it. People become very disillusioned about the return of the Lord because they don't understand how God works in time. Even God's people are getting somewhat disillusioned. You don't, Doug, you don't see it as much as you used to. People, you say, the Lord's coming, praise God, this could be the year. That's kind of waning away. You notice that? People are getting somewhat disillusioned with it because it's been so long. Am I right? Is it going to come in your lifetime? Many people are getting doubtful about that. Because they don't understand this verse. But here's the thing. You go along an old country road and there's still some of those old signs that Jesus is coming soon. On those old wooden plaques. Now the wood's rotted. The paint's faded. And He hasn't come. What's going on? Here's what's going on. God works in time. Today... A day with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. It seems like it's been a long time to us, but it hasn't been a long time to Him. It's been over 2,000 years since Jesus said, I will come again. But that's just a couple of days in God's economy and how He works in time. That's not to discourage you. It's to awaken you and enlighten you this fact God's working in time and He's doing exactly what He promised it would do. But we're creatures of time and we want to get on with it and God doesn't get in a hurry. Because with Him, one day is just a thousand years. You see? And a thousand years is a day. 
But that reinforces the certainty of it. He will come again, but it will be in His good time. I know how you feel, and I do too. I want Him to come now. What in the world are you waiting on? We want you to come now and get us out of this crazy mixed up world and deliver us from this pain, this discomfort, this unhappiness. We want out of here. But He doesn't come. You know why? He works in His own time. You can't slow it down. You can't speed it up. You can't stop it. God's working. He started it running and He'll keep it running. And He's the only one that can fulfill it right on time. God does not rush things. He works in eternity into time. He doesn't divide things. We look at 2022. There's 2022. Here's 2023. God does not look at things like that. God sees everything presently. He doesn't divide things up. It's all present tense with God. Though He works in time, He thinks from an eternal being. And so God's moving, working, right on schedule. There's nothing in the world that can stop His Son from coming again. Amen. There's nothing in the world that can delay it one day. He will come exactly as it was planned before the foundation of the world. And when He comes, listen to me, when He comes, He will be worth waiting for. Thank God it will be worth waiting for when we see Jesus and all our loved ones. Who cares what goes on in this world? You may never have another good day, but it will be one eternal good day when you get home. Who cares about what comes in this life? We're going home and nothing can stop that. There won't be any more hospitals. Candace, there won't be any more hospitals. Candace is a nurse. I call her sometimes when I have an ailment. She doesn't charge me anything. We don't have any hospitals in heaven. No doctors. No funeral homes. No cemeteries. All that's over with. One eternal day. But now we're stuck in this thing called time. So that brings me to the last thing, and that's God's children must value time. We're told in Ephesians 5, 16, redeeming the time. You know what that means? Use it wisely. I cannot believe I'm 74 years old. By the natural law of things, the bigger part of my life is over. You say, isn't that depressing? No, I'm getting more excited thinking about that. Death should not be a big deal. Don't say that here. Death should not be a big deal for the children of God. Nowhere in your Bible is death for a Christian depicted as something to be dreaded or afraid of. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, to die is gain. That man was either a fool or he knows something that very few people knew about, and that is that heaven's worth it all, and it's just stepping from here over to there. There's no grave sleep. There's no remaining in the grave until resurrection day. To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Am I right? My mother-in-law, bless her heart, she's in heaven now and she knows better. But she had talked about dying and she was raised in that region where I was and there just wasn't much going on. People didn't know a lot. Preachers didn't preach a lot and they didn't know anything either. But she was afraid of dying. She was a saved woman. I know that. 
But Roger, she said, I just can't. It just bothers me to think about being lowered in the ground and dirt being thrown over me. And we said, Mom, you're not going to be there. You're not going to know it. You'll be in heaven. But she couldn't get that in her head. But death is no dreaded thing for the children of God. And so while you're living, live life to the fullest. Listen, live it wide open. <laughs> I remember that old song by George Jones. I don't need your rocking chair. I like that. <laughs> Man, give it everything you got. Go to you can't go and then crawl. I mean, go. Live it. Do it. And live for the glory of God. Don't waste any time. Don't waste any time. The time will come when you can't get around like you wanted to. The time will come when you cannot come to church. But the apostle didn't say for me to live is to go to church. He said for me to live is Christ. Church is everything to me, and I mean that. I love it. But the day may come I cannot come here, and that will break my heart. But in the time I have, brother, you better get ready, because I'm going to give it everything I got. Every time I'm here, wide open, heart, soul, mind, being, I'm going to give it everything I've got. I'm not holding back for another Sunday or waiting to Wednesday night. You have all of me all the time because I want to live life to the fullest. The tragedy is most people live without ever having lived. You know what I mean? They live, but they've never really lived. It's not really how long you live, it's how you live and the quality of it while you're here. I want to live. I want to go to my grave and look back and say, I have no regrets. I gave it everything I had for the glory of God. By the way, if you're not doing that, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? You say, well, I'm waiting for circumstances change. They probably won't. At least never to where you have them exactly like you want them. If you learned that about life, life is not fair. Life can be unkind. And you'll never get life lined up in sync exactly like you want it. It just does not cooperate. So go ahead and live it now, today. And whatever you're going to do for the glory of God, start doing it right now on this first day of the new year. Don't wait for something that may not ever occur. And that's the ideal life. The ideal life is living in the glory for the glory of God and the will of God right now. That's the best life possible. So we, as God's people, must value life. In London, England, in Kensington Square, there is a clock with four faces. And on each of those four faces, there are two words on either side of those four faces. And here's what it says. Time flies. And it does, doesn't it? You can say whatever you want to say about life. But life is very short. James said this. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. A little time. My, my. Time has gone by so quickly. And yet here we are. Another opportunity another day. I don't know how much time I have. You don't know how much time you have. Your clock is ticking. And when it ticks the last moment, you'll be gone. But live your life, as R.M. McShane said, live so as to be missed. When you're gone, people ought to say, boy, they sure will be missed. 
How in the world could we replace them? What a gap they left because they live for the glory of God. Live your life so people will miss you when you're gone. And that way you will have lived it for the glory of God. Let's bow for prayer. Our musicians are coming. Thank you so much for the morning. This is our first worship service in the brand new year. And I don't get sentimental and emotional about that. I'm not into this too much about uh, New Year's resolutions. Just live every day wide open for the glory of God one day after another. No different. Just make up your mind where you're at with God and go there. Don't change. Don't change. Stay with it. But you may want to come today and say, you know, this is the first day of the brand new year and I want to, I want to live it for the glory of God. I want to be faithful and I want to love Him. I want to be the best it can be for my Lord, my church, my family. All of it I want to count. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste it. So live your life that way. You may come today with burdens and say, Preacher, I just, oh, there's so many things. Things that bother me. Things I can't seem to get beyond. And there's no criticism from this pulpit. You'll never hear that here. You're struggling, you can't seem to get beyond something. I understand that. I do. And you may want to come and ask for the Lord to help you in any way we can help you with any burdens you have. You may not be sure you're saved. Whatever you need to do, come today. Roger, what are we going to say? Look your church in page 161 at the bottom there. Jesus is calling. All right, let's stand, please, and let's sing that together. 161, Jesus is tenderly calling. You come whatever you need to do. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your life. Jesus is Fellowship Baptist Church on this very first day of the new year. I would love you to come and be a part of us. You need us. You need us and we need you. We'd love for you to be a part of our family. You still come for prayer, whatever you need. For church membership, whatever. Let's sing it out and sing it together on this last verse.
God's people said? Amen. This is a pretty good group today. It takes a little time to get back in here and rolling again. But it's so good to see all of you. If you need anything, let us know. Enjoy the day, your evening. And back here Wednesday night to pick up the schedule, all of it, full schedule, starting with Wednesday night. It'll be a wonderful year together. You know why? Because we have a wonderful Lord and He's faithful and we're here to serve Him. Thank you so much. Frank, would you pray for us, please, sir? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here on the first day of the year, Father, to worship in spirit and truth. Lord, I pray we're here for as much as humanly possible, Father, to honor and praise you, Lord, with our service, Father. Lord, I know there's times we can't be here, Father, but every time we have a chance, Lord, we just be here to worship you in spirit and truth. Actually, go with us to our places of state, Father. Forgive us when we fail. Have thy way. Christ's name we pray. Amen.